When it comes to tussles and friction with policyholders over choice of counsel on liability claims, consider compromise alternatives. Hi, this is Kevin Quinley of Quinley Risk Associates, and welcome to the Claims Coach Podcast, where we have recently been discussing issues concerning tussles between claim professionals and policyholders over selection and choice of defense counsel on liability claims. This is the podcast delivering tips, tools, and techniques to help great claim and risk professionals get even better at managing their claims, their caseload, their time, their resources, and their careers. So continuing our discussion thread, the theme here this week is consider compromise alternatives to avoid ongoing clashes with policyholders over council selection. In a perfect world, policyholders would understand that in many cases, or most cases, buying insurance involves ceding to the insurance company the right and duty to defend claims. And part and parcel of that right to defend is the right to hire and appoint and select defense counsel. In the real world, clashes often arise between carriers and policyholders, especially on commercial accounts over choice of counsel. Now let's put aside situations where there are coverage questions or where the carrier has investigated and is defending under a reservation of rights. This issue of counsel selection can still become a source of friction and create situations where the claim professional feels that the carrier is being set up for a bad faith claim in case there is any misstep, real or imagined, on the part of the insurer or defense counsel. Insurance claim professionals are often wedded to their preferences about counsel choice. Let's face it, this is our area of expertise. This is our specialty. It's easy to become ego-invested in picking certain attorneys or to take a we-know-best attitude that can infuriate policyholders and brokers. And you know what? Even if the adjuster is right, the controversy can undermine good customer relations, cause friction with important accounts, cause friction with insurance brokers, trigger complaint calls to the underwriting department or to upper management, and all of this consumes a lot of extra time. And extra time is something that most busy claims professionals do not have. So the situation and the message of this week's podcast is that this may call for compromise if both sides appear to be entrenched. So let me offer some compromise midpoint options to at least consider and propose in cases where selection of counsel becomes a contentious issue between the claim professional and the policyholder or broker, and where the clock is ticking for entering a defense and the policyholder is entrenched on its choice of counsel in situations where no coverage rights have been reserved. Option number one would be agree to have the insured's counsel associate with insure-selected counsel on the case, but making it clear that the policyholder will bear the expense of its own counsel. So that's one option. Number two, agree to have the insured's counsel 
perform certain designated functions on the case that are pre-approved by the carrier. If the policyholder can make a sound case as to why its counsel would be a better choice and more cost-effective for certain aspects of the defense. Another option, agree to have the insurance counsel defend the case subject to the insurance company's fee schedule and subject to ongoing compliance with the insurer's litigation guidelines. That is, your counsel but my guidelines and make sure that counsel appointed or preferred by the insured agrees to those guidelines. This, these kinds of guidelines include but aren't limited to compliance with budgets, advance expense alerts, clearance for legal research or other research, clearance for expert retention, billing format, etc. A fourth consideration, agree to have the insurance counsel do monitoring and serve as monitoring counsel over the carrier's appointed firm with the proviso that the insured will bear the expense of such monitoring counsel. In other words, uh, allow the insured's appointed counsel to look over the shoulder and be copied in and be plugged in at every step of the way. But the policyholder is going to pay the freight of that monitoring. The fifth idea is to have the insured's counsel defend the case subject to a blended rate or a negotiated rate that may be higher than the carrier's standard rate, but below the rack rates of the policyholder's law firm. These are four or five options to consider rather than undergoing a test of wills and ongoing guerrilla warfare with the policyholder and or the broker over choice of counsel. This is one of those situations where it's possible for the adjuster to win the battle and lose the war. And the scenario I have in mind, again, is where, through gritted teeth, the policyholder consents to insure counsel, but the case later goes sour. Maybe it costs more than originally envisioned. It goes to trial, and there's a, a bad judgment. It go, Worse yet, it goes to trial, and there's an excess award. And then you get set up for a claim that, Mr. Insurance Company, you saddled me with a lemon of an attorney. You didn't listen to me. I wanted somebody different. They could have done a better job. But no, you forced this choice down our throat and look at what happened. Hey, if you like the content here, please subscribe to the Claims Coach podcast on iTunes and leave a review. And for more information on Quinley Risk Associates and my menu of services, please visit me on the web at www.claimscoach, that's one word, claimscoach.com. Connect with me on Twitter, at claimscoach, that's one word, claimscoach, or connect with me through LinkedIn. Thanks for listening, and be sure to check back for future claims and risk management resources from Quinley Risk Associates.